Welcome to the Predictable Designs Podcast, where it's all about creating and selling successful new electronic hardware products. Here's your host, engineer and entrepreneur, John Till. Welcome to the Predictable Designs Podcast, where we discuss all things related to developing, manufacturing, marketing, and selling successful new electronic hardware products. I'm your host, John Teal. Today, I wanted to talk about development cost and then specifically looking at uh, tips and strategies for those of you that don't have the technical skills to do a lot of the development yourself and you have limited uh, finances to be able to outsource it. So, well, first of all, I'm going to kind of give you some cost ranges for the the different strategies of developing a product, and then we'll kind of hone in on focusing on the strategies if you are uh, limited and severely cash limited and you have limited technical skills. So, first of all, the cost to develop a product. Obviously, the, the cost can vary all over the place from uh, from $10,000, you know, for a few thousand dollars for a really simple product all the way up into to millions if you get really crazy complicated, which is never the type of product that I would recommend that uh, an entrepreneur should try to take on, leave the, the million dollar projects to the larger companies. Instead, you need to generally focus on something that's a little more feasible for uh, a small startup to develop. So the, the, the cost, like I said, it, it's going to depend a lot on the uh, complexity of the product, but it's also going to depend a lot on the, the strategy that you use to develop the, your, your product. So the, the, the cost, let's just, I'm going to, for the, the cost estimates I'm going to give you, I'm going to assume it's a quote, typical complexity product. So this is something generally microcontroller process, you know, has a microcontroller for the processor instead of a high-speed microprocessor with an operating system. So it's like an STM32 or some other microcontroller-based processor. It's also perhaps has some wireless technologies, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, various sensors, uh, rechargeable battery. So those are kind of what I would kind of consider typical complexity uh, features versus if you have a really high speed processing requirements like facial recognition or uh, a custom radio application, anything like that, I would consider more of a complicated product. So I'm going to kind of focus mostly on the, the more middle of the road, typical complexity product that I see. So let's just kind of run through some of the different ways to get the product developed and look at the cost. So we'll start with the most expensive and work our way toward the the, the cheapest. So the most expensive is going to be to hire a really large, well-known design firm that's most likely located in the U.S. And this is really a strategy that I almost never recommend. And the reason being is just the cost. It's you're, you're looking most of these larger companies, sort of a minimum that they're even going to consider is $100,000. So for a, a lot of you listening, that's just going to be more money uh, than you have to spend or more money than you should risk uh, spending without significant proof that you're going to be able to uh, get that that money back. So a big firm is is most likely not going to be the, the route for most of the people listening to this podcast just because of the the, the cost and it's just it's just a preventative cost for for most of you. 
So the the next option is a, is a smaller firm. And in the past, some of my older articles and things, I haven't differentiated as much as I maybe should have between larger firms and small firms. So there are smaller firms that typically maybe just have a, f- a few engineers or perhaps they have more engineers, but they're outsourcing some aspects or maybe they have some of their managements in the US, but some of their engineers are in Asia. So they, they implemented different things like that to get the cost uh, much lower than what you would be charged for a huge uh, firm that's in the US that has a full in-house team of highly paid engineers. So these smaller firms can be uh, sort of a middle ground between a the big firms and the freelancer route. So for a small firm, I would say you're looking at probably in the price range of ten to thirty thousand dollars to get a product developed. And, and keep in mind these are to get it fairly far along. This is for a production version of the product. So if and I'll, I'll talk more about this in a little bit, should a production version of your product be your goal? Because of the, the, the costs that we're talking are pretty significant. So we'll, we'll talk about that here in a moment. But for a small firm, you're, you're a, a typical product, you're kind of looking at least around $10,000. So it, it's still significant for a lot of you. It's outside the range uh, price range. Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can probably afford, but it's also in the range that a lot of entrepreneurs can't afford. It's, it's much more realistic than $100,000. So $10,000 gets it down into where I think a, a lot of people you know, could potentially afford it, but it's still a, a significant uh, amount of cash. And I, I realize a lot of you listening that 10,000 is just uh, is unimaginable amount of money to invest in your in your startup initially. So that that's generally the, the I think, especially if you're a non-technical founder, I, I really have evolved over the years of thinking that if you're non-technical, you, you really need to be working ideally with a, a small a firm of some sort instead of the freelancer route because it's just so challenging to manage a bunch of freelance engineers if you don't have the, the technical skills to manage those. So I tend to think going the small firm route is probably ideal if you can afford it. If you can if you have the ten to twenty thousand dollars to to spend on it, then a small firm that is likely either overseas or has some portion of their business overseas is going to be uh, one of the best strategies for you. But I also know there are a lot of you that can't afford $10,000 and I don't want to, I want to give you options as well. Even though the the less money you spend, then there's going to be compromises. There's always compromises in in everything business related and especially with uh, doing a hardware startup. So if you have no technical skills and you have no money, then that that presents sort of, you know, two really big uh, challenges. Obviously, if you have technical skills, then all these costs are going to be a lot lower because you're going to be doing at least a big portion of that development. So that's always going to be the the cheapest way to get a product developed is if you can develop it yourself. But for a lot of you, that's just not feasible and hiring a large firm isn't really feasible. So the typically the cheapest option is, is to go the freelancer route. But there are so many issues with hiring freelancers. I, I, I can't tell you it's over the years how just I just see more and more stories of 
entrepreneurs that have been burnt by going the, the freelancer route. And uh, I've recently even had a, a few people contact me that they had hired engineers through the website Fiverr. I guess that's how you say it. It's not something I use very often, but I know it's a it's a website where you can get extremely uh, cheap freelancers to to do various projects, like build a, lo- a logo for you know for your company for five dollars. That that type of thing. That's what I've always associated Fiverr with is a really 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 cheap freelancers that I think can be uh, feasible to use if you have a simple project like build a logo or. or design a a flyer or something like that, but it's not going to be the way most likely to try to get a full product developed, especially if you're, if you're non-technical. I know one person, a member of my hardware Academy had reached out to me. He had hired someone on Fiverr for only $250 and he got some schematics and designs back and he submitted his design in the academy community to get feedback and the general feedback was is this design's incomplete it's not at all going to work it's not ready for production so so you know he kind of perhaps he wasted $250 i'm going to talk about that more in a moment a way that this can still be a reasonable strategy then another person, he had spent $2,500, so 10 times more, but still quite cheap for getting a product developed on Fiverr. But he ended up, they, they kept going past the deadline and they essentially never delivered. And he ended up having to go through Fiverr and submit a, a dispute and get his money back. So both of those were either wasted money or definitely a wasted time. But I, I understand the, the appeal of you know, especially if you only have hundreds of dollars, I understand the appeal of trying to hire someone really, really cheap, but it's it's almost always going to be money that you end up just uh, that's going to be wasted money if you don't have the the technical skills to really monitor and manage them. So what I what I recommend, and and this applies regardless of the strategy that you're going to use, whether you're going to hire a a, a firm or. A, or a really low cost uh, freelancer who's in India that you found on Fiverr. The, I, if you're non-technical, you need to have a technical advisor. Uh, I think that should be priority one is to find a technical advisor. Ideally, a technical co-founder that you bring into your company. But I also know it's it's extremely challenging in the early days, especially if you don't have a, a lot of progress on the product. It's really hard to find founders that want to commit to your product to the same level that you do and and come in. So finding a technical co-founder is is ideal probably, but it's also very, very, very challenging for a lot of people. So what I recommend is that you definitely do is bring on a technical advisor. And this is something that can be, you know, is Part of the service that we provide in the Hardware Academy is you, you get access to a team of experts. So you have a, a lot of technical advisors, including myself, who you can we can communicate privately. So I'm always there to, to be an advisor to you. So that's, that's the cheapest route to getting a product developed is to hire someone really cheap on, say, Fiverr, but then perhaps join the Academy so that we can help provide some oversight to the, what they're developing. But what I would really probably recommend is that you you do that. So you hire someone 
cheap if that's all you can afford. You also join the Academy to just get our consulting and help and advice and basically be your technical advisor. But also most likely is to hire a, a more exp- more experienced and usually probably more expensive engineer who can be your technical advisor and do design reviews and really keep track of the of the progress that they're that the, the developers the low cost developers that you've hired to so he that engineer the the technical advisor can be the one to just you can you know obviously advise you on technical uh, decisions and challenges but also could provide uh, design reviews of anything that they design so that you're just making sure that you're getting quality that, that you're paying for. And this is something, most of this you can do in the academy. You're, you're welcome to submit your design in the, the open uh, community and for no additional cost other than just the, the membership cost, you can get uh, reviews and feedback. And that's what happened with the, the one member that had paid $250 to get a, a schematic uh, design. He just submitted it in the academy and he got a bunch of feedback from various engineers. And the in conclusion was, is you need to hire someone that can either take over that design or someone like I'm suggesting is bring on a technical advisor who can help you uh, manage those people that are actually uh, the ones doing the the schematic and the PCB layout and and all the the detailed design work. So this is something I, I really encourage that regardless of your strategy, the firm, how great they are, how much you trust them, just always have second opinions there. Um, just always have as many advisors as you can find. Score.org, if you're in the U.S., is is one option I've used in the past for finding some advisors. And you can find general business advisors, but you're, you're, you're not probably not going to find any advisors uh, through Score, which is basically a nonprofit. It's where sort of retired executives and such that want to give back and help others. So they're on there doing offering uh, to give advice and consulting for, for free. And you can find some good uh, tech, uh, business people, but you're, you're really not going to, the odds of finding someone that's got significant hardware experience is going to be really, is, is unlikely. So that's when I think something like the Academy can also, can be really beneficial as being part of your advisor, team of advisors. So that's the first thing you need to do is you need to get some technical advisor. The worst thing you can do is just to go, you know, go blind and without any technical experience and try to hire someone off of Fiverr or even Upwork or any of these freelance websites. You're almost always going to be burned. I it's it's I, I don't know the exact ratio, but I, I feel like more freelancers end up uh, losing money getting a, a product that's not manufacturable or that won't even work and just wasting money and time. Uh, so that's not the route that I, I suggest. So start with the advisor. The other tip is simplify your product. If, if you don't have a, a lot of money to spend to develop the product or the skills to do it yourself, then you, you have to simplify the product. That's going to be the best way to get your cost reduced to make it more manageable for something for maybe a, a, a less experienced engineer that's a lower cost to develop, getting someone, hiring an inexperienced engineer to develop a Bluetooth low energy product that's got a 
let's say a temperature sensor on it and that's it is going to be much easier than finding someone that has the capabilities to design a, a really complicated product. So focus on simplifying your product. And there's a, there's a blog or a blog or an article on my blog. Uh, I think it's uh, 10 tweaks that you can make to your product to drastically simplify it. And I'll make sure I link to that in the show notes, but definitely take a look at that. And it just gives you different ways of simplifying your product to, to keep the development cost down and speed up the time that you can, how fast you can get the product to market. So always, and this goes along with the minimum viable product MVP concept is just, you need to simplify it down to the absolute core functionality to solve the intended problem. Get rid of all the extra bells and whistles that that you think people may want. Just get it down to where it just solves that most basic function. Focus on that, get that in the hands of customers, and then you can build from, from that feedback. You can build from there. Another tip is along the lines of simplifying your design is to find ways of using existing solutions for your initial uh, proof of concept prototype, for instance. So instead of, is there a way that you can completely avoid having any custom development on your, your first version that you just want to get in customers' hands? I've seen other entrepreneurs do this successfully where they, one academy member, they were doing a, a, a wearable for a fitness wearable, and they were able to find a development kit that was very close to what they needed for their, their final product. It wasn't going to be exactly what they needed and that the cost was going to be prohibitive for mass manufacturing, but it allowed them to get something in customers' hands and start testing and getting feedback as soon as possible. So think of, try to think of any ways that you can use existing solutions to get some market feedback or customer feedback before you start uh, trying to go into the, down the path of fully custom development. Another tip, regardless of whether you hire a firm or a freelancer, is to get recommendations or referrals. It, it's it's not, a, especially once again, if you don't have the technical skills to judge how good they are, it's it's really, it's just going to be a, a shot in the dark if you go, you know, just do a Google search and you try to find an engineer or developer or even a firm and you hire them. It's you may get someone really good and you you may not. So it's always one of those uh, things where it's definitely an area where I, I recommend that you get some referrals or recommendations just because to be able to judge an engineer and how good they are, it, it really takes another engineer to be able to, to judge how good another engineer is. So I would start by, you know, getting referrals and recommendations from other engineers. And then this once once again is something we have in the academy is we have uh, referrals for all developers and suppliers and manufacturers that either I've worked with and recommended or other members have recommended. So that's uh, one way uh, to get some recommendations for freelancers and firms and manufacturers and everything. So that's always something good to do is to get recommendations. When getting a product developed, once again, especially if you have uh, little finances, and really regardless of your finances, you, you need to focus on minimizing your development cost, how long it takes to develop. Those are the two key things that you want to minimize. You, you need to focus on reducing those costs and not 
worrying about the product cost yet. So for instance, if you're able to, let's say you uh, your product is fairly large, you can fit an Arduino in, in, your, in your product enclosure. So you could make a proof of concept prototype that you could potentially even sell, but you're, you're just embedding an Arduino. So you're like, okay, I'm not going to even show this to customers. I, and you decide to make a, get a, a fully custom design done so that it can be more affordable and something you can actually sell at a profit. And I think that's the wrong strategy to take. You, you need to, of course, know that your product can eventually be made and sold at a profit. But initially, don't worry about profit. You, you need to just worry about minimizing the cost of getting it developed. One example of this is uh, it's very enticing when, you, when you're past development and you're wanting to buy some inventory that if you only bought 100 units, trust me, you're going to pay a lot more for them than you would if you ordered 10,000 units. And I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs fall into that trap of, oh, well, I know I can sell them. I'm going to get the 10,000 uh, piece order so I can get a much lower cost. And that's the opposite of the advice I'm giving. In that case, you're, you're spending more upfront in an effort to try to, to lower the product cost and make more profit. So just wipe, forget about any profit on the first thousand units that you're going to sell, most likely, unless you're selling a really high dollar product. And especially on the first hundred, few hundred units. If if someone if if I had a product and I was able to get a, a prototype that I could actually sell to a few customers, even though it was going to be at a loss, let's say I had a, a hundred customers that went, were going to buy the prototype, and even if I lost twenty dollars on every unit that I sold, so I, I sell a hundred of them and I lost two thousand dollars. Yeah, that's generally not what you're 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 striving for. Is you, you want to make money with sales, not lose money. But you're that's not the goal at, when you're first starting off. That first starting off is to get that data to find to get the product in customers' hands. So if if you if this cost you two thousand dollars because you lost twenty dollars on a hundred units, but it gave you valuable data from customers, then that is well worth the, the cost of that, that $2,000. So that's just an example. I'm just making up the numbers, but the point is, is focus on your, your getting that data, that customer feedback data, even if it costs you to get that data. That's a much better way to approach it than pushing past the, the data collection right into trying to minimize your cost because you're, you may go all this trouble minimizing your cost to a fully custom design. You get it in customers' hands and you find out about half of the features you included they don't even want or need. So it, it would be much better to and uh, have gotten something cheaper or cheaper to develop get that in their hands and collect that data before you go off and spend all this money developing the the full production version so those are my general tips and then some estimates guidelines on how much it costs to get a product developed in general i think your your best strategy and where your focus needs to be if if you don't have technical skills and you don't have the money to spend then like i said first of all start with a technical advisor that should be priority one there's absolutely no way you should be doing any of this on your own without having a technical advisor and then after that it's it's pretty much going to come down to you need to be constantly networking making new connections because that's how you're going to get other people that can you know be interested in your product at some point perhaps you get it to you know the point of you get a 
uh, proof of concept prototype. You get a hundred of them made. You get some data. People love the product. And now because of connections you've made, you can get outside investors. So you're always going to be looking for doing networking, whether that be investors or co-founders in the future. The point is, is if you don't have technical skills and you don't have any money, you need help. You need other people. So you need to be making networking and getting advisors and, and connecting with people, one of your top priorities. And then secondly, you need to learn. There's so much you're going to have to learn. I'm not advising you to try to learn to be an engineer if you're not an engineer to and try to develop your own product. That's feasible if you've got technical skills or you're an engineer, but it's not something I would ever recommend that you try to do if you don't have any technical skills. So you're going to need to still learn, though, enough about it to manage it and know how you're going to overcome the obstacles associated with that area. So don't know how to design a PCB, but you know, or design your own, but understand the process of it. So always, you're, you're just always going to have to be in the networking, making new connections and constantly learning. But then also be sure you, you try to capitalize on your strengths. Even though you may not have any technical skills, everyone has areas that they are good at and uh, things that they're really strong in. If you're a, a people person with a, a, lot of, a lot of marketing experience and you enjoy networking and everything, then focus, you know, make that a, a focus. And while you're still doing some of the other stuff in the background, because it's always much easier to get people interested, invested in your product once you've at least made some serious upfront progress on your own. Okay, so those are my general tips for those of you out there looking to outsource product development and specifically for those of you that have severely limited budgets. And these are just some of the tips on ways to, to overcome the, these obstacles. There's no, easy, there's no easy path. Even if you've got lots of money and lots of technical skills, it's still complicated to get a product developed in the market. So it's not like it's this is easy for other people and hard for you. It's just it's hard no matter what your path is. So you're just going to have to to keep that in mind and just uh, keep pushing forward. I'm John Teal. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Predictable Designs podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then definitely check out the hardwareacademy.com where you can get support from myself and other experts to help you successfully get your product developed and on the market. We have experts in electronics design, enclosure design, prototyping, certifications, manufacturing, marketing, startups, and sales. You even get private one-on-one consulting directly with me. The Hardware Academy also includes a highly active and incredibly helpful community of other hardware entrepreneurs with a wide range of experience and skills. No longer do you have to go at it all alone. Now, you have a community of experts on your team. You'll also get regular in-depth training courses, workshops, product teardowns, and resources to help you succeed with your product. Finally, you get access to my list of recommended developers, suppliers, and manufacturers. Check out the Hardware Academy today at thehardwareacademy.com.